All right, everybody, welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm the spooky virgin. <laughs> and we're your hosts. Hi, Clayton. Hello. So there is a doing? nip in the air. It's chilly out. Thank God. I love it. Thank God. I know. I was out yesterday and I was in a hooded sweatshirt and shorts. And oh, I, was, I was at Central Park and it was the perfect temperature. It was so, it, it, this is the perfect temperature. Mm-hmm. This October has been too warm. Yes, absolutely. The September was too warm as well, but I understand September. Mm-hmm. But once it got into mid-October and I was still sweating, uh, no mas. <laughs> um, I had a a full-on like overheating <laughs> meltdown this week. Earlier this week, I actually went out to dinner with Pat and then one of his coworkers, Andrea, who I know listens. And oh, hello, um, Andrea. Hi, Andrea. I'll make it up to you. And I left the house and it was like a 35 minute walk. We were having dinner down in like Windsor Terrace. And I was like, oh, I haven't walked at all today. I'm like, I'll walk. And then, of course, I'm like, it's October. So I'm going to wear leggings and a cute little sweater. And so I was walking down there and I got to the restaurant and I realized like, oh, I haven't eaten today. Like I had breakfast, but then I hadn't eaten. And now it's like pushing 8 p.m. And all of a sudden, I just overheated and I (laughs) sat at the bar and I had that thing where like your hands go cold and then Mm. I started getting tunnel vision. So like went into the bathroom, took off my leggings, took off my sweater, was profusely sweating like I had just finished a half marathon, like clammy. It was the worst. It was awful. Oh, wow. I know that's global warning for you. I also had gotten my third vaccine. Wait, wait. So booster. You can't blame global warming for this at all. Well, I can blame global warming for whatever I want to blame global warming for. But it didn't help. You had eaten all day. And then you I got a booster day. shot. Right, the day before. Andrea was very gracious and me completely melting. Like I walk out of the restaurant and I'm like practically like naked, sweating, and me her and I'm like, this is the worst first impression I've ever made in my life. And she's like, and then you want to be my podcast host. Yeah. Oh, I've been waiting for this moment and this is what you give me. And then we're sitting at the table and like it was of course it was just like so many wrong things kept happening where we were at this French restaurant with very French waiters who were just like flirting with hot chicks and like not <laughs> bringing us anything. And then I was like, I think I'm going to pass out because I like haven't eaten now and my blood sugar is fully crashing. And of course, Angel that she is pulled out a kind bar and some Scooby snacks. <laughs> so then I ate those and I was OK. Wow. What? a she? So she's the best fan. A hundred. I think everyone else needs to start stepping up their game. <laughs> no, that's great. So that's the first time you guys yeah. had had met each other face to face. Right. Oh, I guess. you. Oh, but I did tell her I was like, of course, I'm horrifically embarrassed. I told her next time. We meet up. I'm going to bring you. That's not so embarrassing. Well, I I got to meet her very briefly when I was working on a project uh, there. right. And she was talking to Pat about the podcast. And then she's, he said, well, you know what? In this room, I have Clayton. Do you want to say hi? <laughs> she was like, 
wait, what? Are you serious? And I was just in the room, and she came in, and I was like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> it must have been such a random experience for her, but but we'll have to sit down and actually have. I'll make sure to eat and uh, mm-hmm. and not wear a cardigan in 80 degree I weather. I was wearing a full-on Irish wool sweater. Like, <laughs> yeah, truly, what? like... It was so hot. It was. I was so hot. But I'm sure. You, sweat. I don't want to speak for you, but I'm sure you do this. You do this thing, which I think a lot of people do, where it's like they. It gets to September or October, and you're just like, I'm gonna wear what I want to wear. Like yeah. I'm. I'm done being dictated by the weather, and then it backfires. That happens to me in like February, where I'll be like, I. I just want. I don't want to wear warm warm layers anymore and then i'll go what? out and get a cold okay that's silly this is okay i was with you until you said this happens in february because i feel like in the fall you're like i want to start dressing fall but i in february it's still freezing cold you have to still wear a coat yeah i just am sick of it at that point but anyway yeah. listen let's talk about some other fans that we love none of them yeah. have saved us yet from a blood sugar crash but we're, it doesn't mean they wouldn't you know Yes, absolutely. So we're going to shout out the our patrons, mm-hmm. and we're going to do 10. We've been doing 10 every book episode. So we're going to start with Judy Landis. Thank you for being a patron. And then Easter Christopher. Thank you, Easter. I wonder if she's the Easter from the Sheryl Crow song. Which Sheryl Crow song? Every Day is a Winding Road. Oh. You know what? If you are... Then uh, let us know. Email us. Yeah, what a fun, what a fun little tidbit. We have. Um, oh, you go next. Oh yeah, Vanessa King, our PR person. Uh huh. We have something special coming up with Vanessa soon, so watch this space. But do want to mention that her first romance novel, A Certain Appeal, is coming out. In early November. Yes. That's very exciting. That's super exciting. And then we have Christy Moore. Thank you, Christy. And then we have Flair, which I I want to know a little bit more about Flair. So Flair, send us an email. Let us know what's what's up. I love the name. I just want to know. Yeah. She's probably named after Ric Flair. Gotta be. They they probably are. I don't know. That could be a... Oh, exactly. I'm sorry. Don't want to assume. No, um, don't assume. And then Rachel Trudeau. Thank you, Rachel. Aaron Maseko. And then we have Leslie. Just one name. I love just the one names. Those are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Eisenhower. Thank you so much. And then this last one, Jennifer Brister. Who, Jennifer Brister is the name of my wedding photographer. And so I don't know if this is my wedding photographer. If it is... Jen, I love you, and you were so special, and I loved all the pictures you took of my wedding, and if there's anybody out there in, like, the greater New York City area, although she does travel, who is looking for an absolutely perfect uh, wedding photographer in every way, then you can find either this Jennifer Brister or another, or my, uh, she is at Story and Gold Weddings on Instagram, if you want to go check out some of her work, or Story and Gold Weddings, um, if you want to go to her website and check out her work. But uh, there's a lot of decisions to be made with wedding planning and picking her as my wedding photographer, I think is second only to marrying Pat in the like 
very secure decisions I have about that day. So if Jen, if it is you, my wedding photographer, I miss you and let's get coffee. See, I want to see what's up. If it, it, but if this is not that Jennifer, but if it's Brister, a different Jennifer, let's still get coffee. What are you up to? Yeah, and also don't message her asking to for your picture to be taken because she will right. not know what you're talking about, or she will because she listens to this episode and be like, "Oh, now I'm just going to get a bunch of emails about <laughs> having to take wedding pictures." Maybe you'll start uh, you, you'll start somebody's career because she'll say, "Hey, this is a racket." They don't know yes. it's not me. <laughs> oh, now we have people stealing other people's business. No, that's why I go to store. Either way, if you just want to look at my wedding photographer, her go to just Story and Gold Weddings on Instagram or just to her website. So, Aaron, what what did we read? This is this is the last book in Witchtober, mm-hmm. the cleverly yeah. named Witchtober. <laughs> it took us definitely more than three seconds to name it. Yes. So we read Payback's a Witch. It's The Witches of Thistle Grove, number one, by Lana Harper. It was just released this month. It was released on the 5th of October 2021. So it's a, you know, it, it was part of this group of witch books that were released this year. And let's judge the cover. So the interesting is there was a different cover for the arc than there was when the book was ultimately released. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't realize that the art cover, because normally the art cover is the cover. Yeah. So I put the art cover in on our Instagram and then I realized like, no, it's actually not the cover. Anyway, so let's judge them. So let's judge the just the regular cover, which is only the title, Lana Harper, and then hands and swirlies. Okay. I, I actually, I have two things. I love this. I love this cover as a cover. Yeah, because I love the look of it. It's dark. It's it's uh, it's just really. It, this is. I'm doing a bad job describing something uh, over audio, but it's just really cool looking. Yeah, uh, there's just something very striking about it. There's the. I'm bad with colors, but it's like a purple hand on the top, right? And then a red one mm-hmm. at the bottom, and one has a heart coming dingling off its fingertip, and then another one has like a crystal over top of it, and there's like you said, there's the swirls and payback, and there's a moon on the top. It just is really cool. Yeah. But it doesn't smack of romance. Exactly. Right? So that I have to give it uh, some demerits there because I would look at that and not be like, this is a romance. And a romance cover, I think a good romance cover needs to scream romance. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this cover? I like it too. I think it's the exact same thing where like I would not look at this and necessarily think this is a romance. And I think I would look at it and be like, oh, this is a beautiful cover, but I don't know if this is for me. But also, not to spoiler alert, there's not a ton of romance in the book anyway. Yeah, we'll get to that, definitely. Yeah. But But, no, I think it's a really striking cover. And I think it's something definitely like if you are in a bookstore, you would take a second glance at it. I think it's striking. It's really beautiful. I have actually seen this. Because when did this come out, you said? It came out? The 5th. Of October? Yeah. Oh, you know where I've been seeing? Okay. I feel like weirdly, I, I feel like weirdly this cover was on NetGalley, where I got the yeah. arc from. 
But the one that showed up on my Kindle was the ARC cover, which is Emmy, Harlow, which mm-hmm. is our heroine, and then Talia, who's the other heroine, next to each other. And Emmy's got her arms crossed, and Talia's kind of hand on the shoulder whispering in her ear. So I have an issue with some of these cartoon covers in the way that the, the bodies are um, situated with each other. Right. Part of the clinch is that you are face to face with the person you love. Your belly buttons are lined up. Isn't that a big thing when it comes to energy transfer? Right. That if you are facing each other and your belly buttons are lined up. I've never heard this in my life, but I mean, it makes sense. But you know what I mean? It's like if you are facing somebody like Uh body language is important. And when you are into somebody or you care about somebody, usually you're going to be standing face to face to them and you're going to be pretty much in front of each other. Not going to be off to the side. You're not going to be folding your arms. You know, you're not going to be turned away. And this one has Emmy just like arms folded. And I know she's doing something with her other hand. She's doing some sort of magic. But her arms are folded, which means she's closed off. And then you have Talia, who is, like, trying to connect. And I don't think that's what you want to show on a romance cover. Right. Like, shouldn't they already be connected? Because it was what this shows me, I mean, we'll get into it when we get to the actual, I guess this, I feel like this is very indicative of the book. Mm-hmm. But not in a good way. Right. I mean, I do like, of the two covers, I would pick the art cover over the one that they ultimately went with. Also because you, like, again, cartoon covers, we don't love cartoon covers. At this stage, it's like, we keep saying it, everyone knows it. But it's like, at least I am like, okay, this is about two people. This is about two women. You know, and I don't think that it's something that you would necessarily know that this is like a WLW book from the other cover or that it is a romance or anything like that and I think this one is more like okay I get a better sense of what this could be Clayton what was this book about I feel like we keep dancing we we're both rip raring to go well you seem to be so this book about (laughs) this book is about Emmy Harlow who comes back to uh Thistle Grove to lead some magic competition she left to go to Chicago because she, nine years ago, I think, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, Gareth Blackmore broke her heart. And then she comes back and she re she stays with her family. She reignites her friendship with Lyndon Thorne and then falls in love with Talia Azrimov, and so here's the thing there's there's which families there's magic families there's the blackmores there's the thorns there's the Azrimovs, and there's the harlows the harlows basically are the weakest and they just kind of uh wrote wrote down what was it they like wrote down the history of of uh of mm-hmm. magic and then yeah. The Azrimovs and the Thorns are powerful, but Blackmores are the most powerful family. And they have a competition, 
and whoever wins the competition gets more powerful. Mm-hmm. So it, it just seems like unf- that seems very unfair, the setup. Yeah. It seems like, yeah, there was definitely some issues with how that was put together. And so then we find out that Gareth fucked everybody in this town. Mm-hmm. And so they want revenge, the ladies. So they're like, let's team up and team up against Blackmoors. So in the entire time that this competition has happened, nobody's ever thought to team up against the team that keeps winning. Yes. Right? This is the first time they've thought of this genius idea that, like, this person <laughs> is running, this family's running away with it. Maybe we should join forces. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, I guess that's why this book exists is because you want to write about the time something other than the normal thing happens. So that makes sense. Right. But anyway, that, uh, uh, spoiler alert, uh, the uh, Blackmore's lose. Harlow steps in for Talia when she gets uh, hurt by ectoplasm. I, I, I mean, okay. <laughs> Listen. I'm going to preface this. Writing a book is hard. Yes. Anybody who finishes a book, it's an accomplishment. All right? But for me, and I've, you know, I've already said with these witch books, we save the 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 most magic heavy one for for the last. Mm-hmm. And boy was it rough because mm-hmm. this is a this is a book about magic families with girls kissing. Like, this isn't a romance to me. Yeah. What did you What did you think about this book? I, it's the same. And I think that's something that we talked about briefly before we started recording. But basically, like, this is a small town, like, coming back home to fulfill your familial destiny book. And also, she gets laid once or twice. I mean, once. Only once on the page do they have sex. crazy. But there's no, like, a romance. I feel like the the central relationship needs to be, like, a driving factor. And it needs to be, like, the thing that we're constantly coming home to. And it kind of needs to be the thing to propel. And this just wasn't. The relationship was so tertiary to anything else that was happening contemporaries are hard like you know obviously contemporaries are really hard because in now and nowadays it's like what is the thing keeping two people apart and there's not much and there's even less here because the thing that is keeping them apart is that emmy maybe has to go back to chicago and wants to live in Chicago and Talia wants to stay in Thistle Grove because her family's here and she loves it. And and it, when you leave Thistle Grove, you lose some magic and she doesn't want that to happen either, which is I'm like, fine. But at no point in the book did I ever think the outcome was going to be anything but Emmy staying in Thistle Grove. Like yeah. there were less than zero. St- there was no stakes. And I feel like. We read, or I read romances at least because you want to have that moment of like, oh my god, these people are should be together but can't be together for whatever reason, and it can be 
as simple as like their own shit that they still need to work through. It doesn't need to be like any big giant thing, but it's like, like these people should be together, but they can't. And how are they going to work to get together to be able to be together? And this is like, they were pretty attracted to each other from the beginning. They kept like starting to make out. And then the littlest thing would interrupt them and be like, okay, I guess we're not, well, let's not do that anymore. Yeah. And it's like, no, you're two horny adults. Like, I don't understand why it's this hard for you guys to get together. They felt like kids. It felt like they were like 16 year olds. Like it is so bizarre. The book, the tone was so odd and yeah. the re- and the relationship was, yeah, whatever. Like we said, it was secondary. Mostly it's about this contest where there's like three different trials and Emmy is the like master of ceremonies and she's called the arbiter. So she's the also like the referee or whatever for them. But also it doesn't seem like the author cares about that either. I'm like, well, why? Like, yeah. yeah, there was nothing to hang your hat on in this book. Well, also, and it's like, you know, the Arbiter should not be colluding. Right. In any shape or form. Like, there's never any way that that is right. Like, yeah, Gareth had sex with her best friend and Talia, Mm -hmm. which is like, I'm sorry. And and we talked about this beforehand because I don't want to be the guy coming on here and being like, the guy did nothing wrong. I, I don't think he it's, I'm not going to say he didn't do anything wrong, but their hatred for this guy felt so overblown for what he right. actually did. And and uh, like especially Emmy, because they were kids when they were together and when right. he she left and she's been gone for nine years. And then when she comes back and he doesn't um, automatically remember her. She's so crushed and it's like, I think he's in the right in forgetting after nine years about somebody who's not been around for nine years, especially if you're late 20s, nine years is a third of your life. Right. So it would be like me not, I guess it is kind of rude to not remember somebody you dated in high school nine years from now. Still, it just seemed a crazy amount of hate for this guy. Yes, he's arrogant. Mm-hmm. Yes, his family has more magic. But but I think you had mentioned it, you know, off mic. It's not like they got this magic in some bad way. It's not like the ex-hex where they stole the magic or, or you know, uh, or co-opted the magic or whatever. They just happen to be the most magically powerful. Right. And then at the end, when they're holding him back with magic, and he busts free, and a piece of (laughs) sorry, a piece of (laughs) protoplasm, it hits Talia, and everybody's blaming him, and it's like he was trying to get out. Like what? You were fucking with him. Like what the fuck is this guy supposed to do? I didn't. I, I. I mean, listen. He cheated. He fucked around. Those are not great qualities. But, like, I didn't think what he did in this book was bad enough for everybody to be so, so hell-bent on defeating him. 
Well, and also that it was always in such obvious ways. I felt the same way where it was like, they seem kind of like assholes and his family is like building this giant amusement park. So then I guess Lyndon's family's farm is suffering because of it. And it's like, yeah, that blows. And But it's like, I don't get exactly what did he do that was so bad? And it's like, it also like Lyndon is set up as somebody who like constantly is like looking for love and finds somebody and really throws her lot in with them. And so it's like, this seems like Lyndon maybe needed to learn a lesson about like holding something back or like recognizing when you're in a relationship with somebody who also is like fully in a relationship. Yeah. And you know, it's not like I wanted her. I kept thinking for some reason that it was going to be revealed that she was still with Gareth or something. I don't know. And then with Talia, like Talia had basically broken up with somebody and then he was like a rebound fuck for her. Mm -hmm. And she didn't know that he was also sleeping with Lyndon. And so she was hurt because she's like, oh, I know we were just like a rebound relationship, but I thought we were exclusive and we weren't, which is like, don't cheat on people. Don't lie to the people you're having sex with about who you're having sex with. Like, those are bad, but it never, I agree, it never made sense why Gareth was this bad. Because it's like, honestly, it's embarrassing for Emmy that it's like, you dated this guy as a teenager, and then you set up your entire life around the fact that you had been dumped as a teenager. Like, everybody, yes. it, it, it's such a bizarre thing. Like, I can imagine if you're like friends with her in Chicago, and she's like, yeah, I had to leave town because my heart was broken. I'd be like, but you left when you were 19. Like, I don't, everyone gets their heart broken when they're a teenager, and like, feelings are real no matter what age you are. But it's a little silly to be that hung up on it. And it made me just like not like Emmy because it's like, what yeah. is this about? And also people should leave their hometowns. Yes. I- I'm not saying don't ever go back. And I'm not saying that in all cases, I guess you shouldn't. But I-, I I am of the mind that you need to make your own way and find your own life. That doesn't mean that you have to cut off your family. I'm not saying that. But I'm right. saying that like, the idea that I, I mean, I more feel bad for Gareth because he is in a small town. Just, I mean, what else is he gonna do? Like, he's gonna date these families. That's all there is, really, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's a small town. You're gonna, you know, mess around with people that knew Emmy because it's a small fucking town. You can't. And avoid it's been those ten people. years. And it's been ten years. It, so that is the thing. That boggles my mind is like, so is the good thing that Emmy and Gareth were to stay together their entire lives after being together when they were teenagers? Is that the good thing? Because my mind is the good thing is you have a relationship with a guy and he turns out to be kind of an asshole and then you learn from it. Right. Now, I'm not saying like, obviously. If he's abusive, if he's assaultive, if he's any of these things, that is not good. But what I'm saying is if he's just a jerk, then that's good to know. And it sucks that it, it that you experienced it, but it's going to happen. You're going to meet a jerk. It, it, it's just impossible to not date a jerk at some point. Uh-huh. Right? And now you can say, well, guys shouldn't be jerks. People are jerks. True. But it just, it shows such a lack of resiliency 
that it's like, it's not like she and Gareth were married for a year. You know what I mean? It's just, it's like, I just don't care about a relationship when you're 19 for the summer. And it's like, yeah, Gareth seems like an asshole. Like, I'm not saying he seems like a good guy. Like, he was very rude to her. Obviously, he was cheating on Lyndon. Like, these are not things that are positive. We're not on his side. But it's just like, to have the whole book, plot of the book, be resting on like, let's take this guy down. It's... You, you, I, I need to see more or I need to also think that there's a threat that like, you know, is he really charming? And so he's once he realizes everyone's working together, is he going to try to like get back with one of them? It was just bizarre. And I think this is close to the X-Hex, which is like another book we didn't love. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like the reason we didn't love this book. It's the same reasons we didn't love the X-Hex. This, this yeah. really doubles down on the magic stuff. Yeah. And all the world building. Well, also, it's like this is a first person point of view. We're only ever in Emmy's point of view the entire time, which I do think is tough for romance as well. And I find that I've with contemporaries, I've only seen it pulled off a few times. But Talia just is never enough of a like we like she's like enigmatic and really beautiful and powerful and I get why you would be like infatuated by her but there wasn't that thing there like when you read a book and you're like oh my god I need these people to get together or I see why these two people are the perfect person for each other it was just like yeah Talia's really hot and she's from your same town And I'm sure they would get together and everything would be fine. But it's like there wasn't enough of a there there. But she's a manic pixie dream girl, right? I mean, that's what she is. That's exactly what she is. With no substance. Like there was nothing there with her other than, yeah, other than being a manic pixie dream girl and getting Emmy. But it, it wasn't even Talia that got Emmy to like fall in love with the town. It was everything else and getting her magic back and all these things. And it just made Emmy seem silly to have left and blown up all these relationships and then coming back and just expecting to be like, why? Well, why can't I be? Or, you know, why is, oh, I guess I hurt people's feelings. It's like, yeah, you hurt people's feelings when you leave Mm -hmm. like that and don't continue a relationship. And then we're supposed to, I don't know how we're supposed to feel about Dahlia, who is her uh, or Delilah, who's her um, cousin, who's like the next in line. Had Emmy not come home, Delilah would have been the one. And Delilah's like very into the magic and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, Emmy, that is kind of like a bitch move yes, to ignore everybody for nine months and then come home and be like, no, I'm the one in charge. Like if I was Delilah, I'd be like, fuck this bitch. Yeah, I put in the hours. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, I... Yeah. I think the one scene that I did think was really cute, because I do, we need to talk about positives, is Emmy is all tatted up and Talia has no tattoos. And so they sit down and Emmy goes through all of her tattoos and explains the reason. And like Talia kisses them after each story. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is sexy. Like, this is cute. I've never seen this before. I really like this. Yeah. That was a cute scene. Yeah. You, You like tattoos. I don't like tattoos. I know. And then Talia said the reason she didn't have a tattoo is because she wanted her first tattoo to be with somebody special. And I thought that was cute and funny, too. Can can somebody have just one tattoo now? 
I feel like it's almost impossible. I, I, it I, used yeah. to be somebody having one tattoo was a big deal. You know, this is back, you know, in, in my day. And then uh-huh. it became you have to have multiple tattoos. Nobody who gets the only people who get only one tattoo were like military people. My grandfather had one a, a, an anchor on his arm because he was in the Navy. That's cool. And that was crazy. Like crazy. You got one tattoo. Like Popeye had, the, I think, an anchor on his. I think Popeye had an anchor tattoo. It was his he was a tattoo. sailor as well, just like your grandpa. He was a sailor as well. But, uh, uh, or maybe he, uh, he, who knows, Popeye might have had a, a, something on his ass, but we don't yeah. know. I'll but the only one, him. the only one we saw, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only one we saw was the anchor. And I was thinking about this other day because I was, I, I, who was I? Oh, I was, I was, I was walking by somebody and they had a bunch of tattoos. And I thought, does anybody just have one tattoo? And I, I think it's think just I, like an addiction. Like once you have one, then you're like, oh, well, now I've broken the seal. Like, let's get more. You know what? I thought this was, a, you know what? You know what I was thinking about? This is what I was thinking about is that if I ever got a book published, right? Uh-huh. Or like a, or like a, a, a movie released, I would get the date tattooed on me, an important date, like just the numbers. But am I only going to have one tattoo? That seems weird. Then I was like, would I get a tattoo for every successive thing that I did? That's a lot of numbers. Maybe or maybe not. It just starts looking like an accounting sheet. It could or it could just be like one and that would be lame. You know, it wouldn't be lame. Mm-hmm. It'd be great. It'd be an awesome accomplishment. But I would want, I would want more. So I was like, do I want to open that that box where it's like, well, now I have everything and what and what, you know, what counts? Like what? uh what counts for for when I get a tattoo for the date of something? And it'd be funny with like if I ever have kids, which I probably won't. But it'd be like, <laughs> oh, what, is that the date your 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 kid was born? Oh no, um, it was the first time that I uh, had a, a a movie on Hulu. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if you've heard I don't of the re- Blumhouse deal with Hulu, but uh... <laughs> I don't remember when my child was born. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think that's that's and that's what get, got me thinking like. Can I only? Could people only have one tattoo? And I think no. I don't think there's one person on the planet anymore walking around that only has one tattoo. If you are a listener Strong to this words. podcast and you only have one tattoo, email us. I'm sure there are. Yeah, but I do think it's just, I don't know. I love tattoos. And I think the only reason I don't have a tattoo is because I'm very indecisive. And my thing was always like, whenever I have an idea for a tattoo, I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit with this for six months. And if at the end of six months, I still want it. And that's never happened. Six I feel like I'm always a long time. Well, yeah. But once you tattoo it, that's the rest of your life. So I want to make sure it's so- like all the stupid ideas I've had for tattoos. I'm very happy I have this rule because there's no tattoo that I had an idea I wanted that I'm like, oh, man, that really I should have really gotten that. So here's how you fix that just get a what? bunch of tattoos that's the thing is that these people they, they have so many tattoos they regret half of them but then there's just oh, another yeah, one I... to fill in that see that's yeah. what you got to be you just got to get the dumb one and then get another mm-hmm. dumb one and get another dumb one and get another dumb one until you're just full of dumb tattoos so they're not dumb anymore well, i don't want to be full of dumb tattoos well and i and not even a tattoo that necessarily has to have meaning like i don't think that a tattoo needs to have meaning, but I think it's just like, 
I don't know, just something that I've wanted for long term. Do you have an idea? I don't idea. want to turn into like Pete Davidson. <laughs> You'd have to go. There's a lot of things that would have to happen to you for you to become Pete Davidson. Tattoo wise is what I'm talking about. I know what you mean. Yeah, absolutely. No, to say I think it's really cool when people have a lot of tattoos and I really love, love it. And I love yeah. looking at people's tattoos and I follow tattoo artists on TikTok and on Instagram. And one day, who knows, Pat also is with you and hates tattoos, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, hate is a strong word. I'm just not a big fan of tattoos. Uh-huh. Like when, you know, when when they're, when the heroes or heroines are completely tatted up, I'm always like, I don't, uh, okay. Uh, I'm not like, it doesn't turn me on. I love it. Yeah. I I know people like that though. They're just they don't have any tattoos, but they they you know. I had a girlfriend who was like, "You should get a neck tattoo." What? It's like, what about me makes you think <laughs> that I would ever in any world get a tattoo? Number one, but a neck tattoo. <laughs> no, that you with the neck tattoo would be genuinely hilarious. I think she just wanted to like rough you up a little bit. It would be crazy. It would be literally someone you would if I if I showed up the next time uh-huh. you see me and I got a neck tattoo, you'd be like, w- w- "Did you pass out somewhere? What happened? How did this happen?" Yeah, we would definitely be sitting down and be like, "Talk me through what's been going on in your life lately." That neck tattoo as your first tattoo too, like that's the bold thing. Yeah, you started neck. Yeah. <laughs> Most tattoo artists won't do it. I learned so much from my like tattoo TikToks because I'm like fascinated by everything. But they like a reputable tattoo artist won't tattoo hands or neck or anywhere like that can't be covered up as a first tattoo. Like you have to earn it. Oh, shut up. Take my money, you fool. Oh, they're artists, Clayton. All right. Let's I'm going to stop before I get. See, this is (laughs) here's where we get into like. Clayton not open-minded right this this is like no longer learning the tropes Clayton this is like Clayton uh with everything else (laughs) (laughs) this is Clayton in my living room ranting about lord knows what as I just walk out exactly Exactly. Uh, I know everyone thinks it's so fun and games and us just sitting and agreeing happily with things but no it's a lot of us just being like me being like fine whatever yeah (laughs) all right well let's get back on track uh, I don't have anything else to say about this book. It wasn't for me. If Listen, if you love magic, if you love small town, if you love pointless grudges, I think you would possibly like this book. You know, like we always say, like, this wasn't the book for us. That doesn't mean it won't be the book for other people. Absolutely. So I will um, say, though, I don't think it's a romance and I don't even think it's really yeah. a rom-com. Yeah, I agree. I think this is not the romance is not central and everything gets resolved outside of the romance. So, yeah, if you want like a small town story with witches and a little bit of makeout sessions, then this could definitely be it for you. So would you fuck them, Clayton? Oh, I mean, probably Talia. Yeah. But but not but not Emmy. I agree. You know what? I'd fuck Gareth. Why not? He seems to. Uh, there's something about him. He fucked everybody else. Why not me? Right. He's doing something right. Listen, so yeah, and he's it, it, apparently. And this is why bad boys can can get what they want because I gotta say I'm intrigued. Yeah. I know he's bad <laughs> for me, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> Goodreads list. Very few, right? 
Yeah, very few. A lot of them are just like anticipated reads and stuff, which obviously I don't put down because it's, I don't know, it's not really a list. Okay, so sapphic reads. Yes. Covers I'm obsessed with. I is a beautiful that. cover. Yeah. And, 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 and the the thing I wanted to go back because I mentioned how the how the cover of the one with Talia and Emmy was indicative of this book. I, I, I do think that I, I think this is a happily for now. In my mind, yes. I know it's supposed to be a happily uh, ever after an H.E.A., but there's something about Emmy that I don't think she's committed to be being with someone like Talia. I feel like Talia is more interested in Emmy than Emmy is in her. And that's yeah. what that cover is showing. Uh-huh. I agree. Cause, I get cause, that too. Yeah. And and it, I don't know that, that, that that's the author intent, but it's like the fact that Emmy's like, well, I'm, I'm going to move, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to work, you know, uh, virtually from my startup or whatever in Chicago. And I'm, I, and, and when I read that, I was like, that ain't gonna last. That ain't gonna stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it seems like from the beginning, Talio is more in than Emmy ever is, and you mm-hmm. don't feel like the passion from Emmy for no. Talia, other than Talia being super hot. She does sound super hot, so I yeah. get it. But yeah, queer adult romance with illustrated covers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Adult WLW romance published in twenty twenty one. Women love women. Yeah. There we go. Nailed that and, one. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Because it's not lesbian because it's two bi women together. And then best books with witches. Mm, I I mean, this book had witches. This book had witches. And, you know, I think it's that's a subjective list. And if this is your favorite book with witches, then it is. Yes. So, yeah. All right, Clayton, what are your tropes? Well, WLW, something that I just learned. Um <laughs> Small town, families fighting, big families, magic. I would say, yeah, like I know Manic Pixie Dream Girl is kind of like not a good trope, but I think definitely Talia falls into that. If there's a better one, let mm-hmm. us know, but I feel like she really falls into that. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's my tropes. What are your tropes, Aaron? Uh, so my tropes are witch heroine, small town romance, coming home romance, because I think that's different. There's a difference between like if the main character has lived in that small town or they just end up in the small town. Revenge, women loving women, running from your past, bad breaks up, bad breakups and family destiny. So what I'm swooning about is a podcast and it is called How Did We Get Weird? And it's Vanessa Bear. Uh, f- famous for SNL, mm-hmm. and her brother Jonah, who is a guy who's been in a bunch of bands, and they're very close. And basically, the podcast is them talking about their childhood, but also pop culture and and things that they remember. And then they have guests on that come and talk about stuff that they remember from being kids. And it's super heartwarming. It's uh just a really fun listen. They're around my age so all the stuff is things that i remember and so it's called how did we get weird and it's just a fun sweet nice little podcast that i like to listen to so i'm swooning about that yeah that's a good one aaron 
What has you swooning? I feel like I might have swooned about this before. But it, whatever, that I'll just swoon twice. And I feel like it is an appropriate Halloween type listen, which is the Ruined podcast. Have I already done this? I don't think you have. Okay. So Ruined, so it is two very funny women. So it's Hallie Kiefer um, and Allison Leiby. So Hallie Kiefer is a writer and comedian. She's super funny. She's a friend of a friend. This is how I found out about the podcast. And then Allison Leiby, she uh, is a stand-up around New York. She writes for Mrs. Maisel, and she has a really great comedy um, show called Oh God, an Hour About Abortion, which was just written about in the Times, which is very cool. And so they have this podcast called Ruined, and it is a podcast for me in that it is just uh, Hallie telling Allison the plot to various scary movies, horror films. And Allison is like me and chicken and doesn't watch horror films. But I am somebody who I don't want to watch the horror movie. I do want to know what happens in the horror movie. And so they're both really funny. And it's a really fun sort of uh, way to experience those kinds of films. Sometimes I do want to go back and watch them like they just did uh, an episode on The Witch, which I really liked that movie. And I probably want to go back and watch that movie. Um, Anyway, it's a really fun podcast. It's a fun spooky podcast for the season if you're looking for something that isn't too scary, but is like, you know, within the theme. And they're both really great. So I would say The Ruined Podcast. Yes. Yeah, so you also you did swoon about that before. Cool. All right. You know what? Swooned twice, guys. Swooned yeah. twice. It's, it's, I've had a lot going on lately and I've done like very little else. It's, you know what? Listen, it is a podcast so nice you swooned it twice. Exactly. Exactly. I I had a, a idea for a podcast, and we actually recorded one episode. This is when I was with uh with my ex, mm-hmm. and it was called "Wake Me When It's Over," and it was about her watching a documentary, and I would take a nap, and then she would explain the documentary to me, and I'd say whether or not I thought it was. I should have been awake for it or I'm that's glad that a I slept. great idea you should do that I still I want to do it again mm-hmm. but I mean not I need, with her though obviously no we're on good terms but I don't think it would work uh no. it's not the same but I, I would like to do that podcast again it's just like who would I do that with because mm-hmm. you know the sleeps she knows what she would know when I'm sleeping I would yeah. need to have somebody who knows when I'm sleeping but all right, listen, get out on Tinder, find yourself a new podcast host that watches you sleep. Would she, no, she's watching a documentary while I sleep. Okay, okay. Who can watch documentary and watch you sleep at the same time? But, well, not watch, no. <laughs> she just knows. They just know that I'm sleeping because they okay. just know. Who yeah. just somehow has a feeling for you and knows when you're asleep. Or I'm like in the same place as them. Okay, but not watching you, watching the documentary. No, I mean, g- glancing over maybe. Or I'm in a different room. <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll have to figure out the logistics. Did she take a mirror to your mouth to make sure you're still breathing? Always. you got to. <laughs> All right, Aaron. So where can they find us? So um, you guys are great about rate, reviewing, and subscribing or following us, whatever it's supposed to be now. Um, thank you so much. It's how people find us. Uh, we are on Patreon, like we talked about at the beginning of the episode. You can find us through the link in our show notes, or if you go to Patreon and just search Learning the Tropes, there we are. 
You could always email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Learning Tropes, Instagram at Learning the Tropes, and we have the Facebook troop, which you can come and join, and we chit-chat about a bunch of fun stuff. And then finally, we do have merch linked below if you want to get a hoodie or a baby onesie or a face mask or anything of the sort. Did you mention TikTok? Oh, and we have TikTok. Andy runs our TikTok, so come join us there if you want as well. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week. And until then, happy reading. Spooky reading. Bye. Bill.